0: Leo Johnson.
1: And this is the DashMyComics podcast, episode number thirty-one. Leo, how have you been doing?
0: Oh, good, good, busy as always. Busy as always. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been emailing people about interviews, and, uh, writing reviews, all kinds of stuff.
1: The man behind the desk. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the podcast, let me introduce a guy you guys already know, a uh, 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 friend of mine. We've been friends for Scott. How long, Scott?
2: I uh, would like to just take two long. <laughs>
1: He's written uh video game reviews for us on the uh Stash My Comics blog. He's uh been a co host on the podcast uh, quite a few times. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Shea. Scott, how you doing? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. What have you been doing these past couple? Um, working. Working. Yep. <laughs> On video games? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so Titanfall came out last week.
0: Yes, it did.
1: And I picked that up. I was there for the midnight release uh, at uh, my local game stop there. It was me and like 12 other people. <laughs> but uh, I got the game, plugged it in. Uh, uh put it into the system and all that stuff started playing and i have uh been actively playing it since like the only complaint that i have about it is that uh the campaign is really small mm-hmm. but uh it it's mainly a multiplayer uh game for for the one And that's that's the whole big appeal of it and all that. And that's really cool, really awesome. If you're a fan of Call of Duty, the controls are basically the same, and it it flows pretty much the same as that, with the exception of, like, uh, the parkour that, that your guy can do, jumping across things and running alongside buildings and hanging on ledges and shooting people from odd and obscure angles and stuff like that. And then, obviously, you have the namesake of the game, the titans, that that come in and and crash into things and are these big, huge mech-type machines that you can jump into and move around in and and squash things and destroy things with. It's a fun game overall. Like, if I were to grade it, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10, and the only reason for that is because of a lack of significant campaign.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Scott, did you ever get a chance to get an Xbox
2: One yet? I I haven't picked up one yet. I have I have a PS4, and uh, the Xbox One just really isn't appealing to me at this point. You know? But, oh, go ahead. I just say I I've tried uh, Titanfall and it's it's okay. Um, I'm not really big into the games that are just like oh just multiplayer. You know? It's yeah, it's okay. You're,
1: yeah, you're you're not. Uh, you're you're more into like the RPG stuff.
2: I, kind of. I mean it's not not as much as I used to be. Um, I mean, I, you know, there's something to be said for shooting a guy in the face, so. Well, um,
1: <laughs> it, it, it releases a lot of pent-up frustration, you
3: know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah kind of. <laughs> kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. No, I was... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, aside from that, um, Leo, I was telling you about this before we started uh, the podcast. I've been watching a lot of the... Magic: The Gathering uh, Grand Prix that's going on in Montreal. Yeah, and and believe it or not, Scott, you'll find this really interesting. My wife is uh, getting into magic now. Like like a couple days ago, uh, my my stepson, her son, uh, sat her down and taught taught her how to play cards, and it went really slow at first. Like, she really struggled with, with the concept and, and how to play, and she couldn't wrap her brain around the story, so to speak, behind it. But uh her and I sat down yesterday and the day before. And uh the day before, we only played one game, and, and it took like an hour and a half to play that one game and to kind of show her all the rules and how to play. I've been playing for, for 20 years, I mean, since, like, revised came out but uh yesterday when we're playing we've got the pro tour on in the background we're watching that and we start playing cards again and then it takes about 40 minutes for this game and then it's over and she looks at me and she's like you want to play another one i was like really she's like yeah i was like okay I to nice. play another game and then that game goes through and she's like you want to play another one i was like are you kidding me <laughs> start to play again play that one. And then after we're done with that, I'm packing up the cards. She's like, let's play one more. I was like, this is why I married you.
3: <laughs> Alright. Yeah.
1: So so that's been pretty cool. Uh, getting to, to play cards with her and stuff like that. Now I don't sit by myself all week and wait for Thursdays to come around for my friends to come over and play cards. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, aside from the pro tour and all that stuff, Uh, I've been kind of trying to read comics as much as I can this week. This week's been a little busy, so I haven't really been able to get into some new titles, but I did get the the second issue for Fantastic Four. I'm picking up uh, the issues uh, to go back to number one for the new Wolverine run, and that goes into what we're going to talk about in the news later. Yes. And uh, I'm trying to get back into D N Z Like, I had to fall out for a little bit, but... No, get back don't don't miss out on it, Tim. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm five issues in, and I've I've read Crosstown, which no, six. I'm six issues in. Crosstown was the last uh, self-contained story, and then the next issue starts like this five-issue story arc, and I just need to devote my time to do that.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. All right. Enough general chat. Let's go ahead and dive right into the news. All right. So the first thing we have is bleeding cool was uh the first to scoop this and and it's just hearsay right now so it's not to be believed but uh they believe it and uh they they say they have a credible source for this but what they're saying is is that uh 20th century fox uh is looking to dump the director of the new fantastic 4 reboot Josh Trank And they're looking to totally throw away the script uh, that was written by Simon Kinberg and are actively looking for replacements for both of them and for the full cast. And they've got six months before their shoot date, so they can hit the 2015 release. Leo, let's go with you first. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, I don't know. Bleeding
0: Cool isn't the most reliable source, and Fox, it's like – Looking on the CBR article, it says people at 20th Century Fox have actually been like that. This is this is a lie.
3: But that's too. Who, <laughs> who
0: knows? Who knows? Some bleeding cool says they are confident in their source.
1: Yeah. So so they're sticking true to their guns. But but I mean, w- would it really hurt your feelings if if they scrapped this or not?
0: I mean, I don't really care about it one way or another. To be honest with you, I'm not gonna. I mean, it's. <sighs> I, I'm not. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan, anyway. So, it, yeah. The, first family. The the the, no. the movie's kind of whatever to me. I mean, I'd probably <laughs> see it regardless, just you know, just because.
1: Okay. But aside from that, nothing.
0: I mean, it's. I don't know. I'm just kind of indifferent about it all. Fair enough, Scott. What do you think?
2: Um, honestly, it's, the the cast. I wasn't. It just—it seemed like they were just like, eh, we'll just throw some people together and hope it sticks.
1: Yeah, right. Um, it had a real big feel like that. Like, we'll take these four random people plus this guy, uh, who's racially different, and we'll throw him in.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, if if you're gonna make, you know, Johnny Storm black, make the sister black too. I mean, it, it just looks strange. Yeah. Uh, you know, Are, are they going to even bother to explain it? Or are they going to just say, oh, she's adopted? you know? Or...
1: See, see, that's been my big thing.
3: <laughs> is, well,
1: what are they going to do? How are they going to explain this? This this turns my comic world up on its heels. What What is going <laughs> on here? I, I can't take this kind of pressure. My I mean, personal thoughts, I, I'd be totally happy if, if they dropped this and started from scratch or just let it revert back to Marvel.
0: What what would you rather
1: have them do with the movie? Well, see, I mean, with, with the, the little bit of nuggets that we've been given, I have no idea one way or the other what the script's going to be about. All I can go on is the casting that they have and the director. The, the, the director's the director. We'll see how he does. Um, but uh, as far as the cast, I'm not happy with that at all. If they're going to go with a younger cast, Uh, then they need to follow the ultimate storyline, which is what they've been saying they're going to do. But if they're going to follow the ultimate storyline, then they need to use that as the foundation for the house they plan to build, not use it as the foundation for a house that they maybe sort of want to build, but, hey, we're going to put this on top of it instead. Now, scrap the whole project. If you can't do it within the amount of time you're allotted, give it back to Marvel instead of trying to make a crappy movie. All right. Scott, you were going to say something else about it.
2: Oh, I was just going to agree that you know the, the movie. It, it, right now, I could care less one way or the other. It it might be fun to watch, but honestly, I'll probably just pick it up when it's like on DVD or something. Um, red box. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's one of those. The, the first two didn't appeal to me, and I kind of thought they were awful. Um, wow,
1: I liked the first one. I thought the first one was all right.
2: Really very terrible. Really?
1: <laughs> the the thing and, <laughs> and Chris Evans is Johnny Storm, the that made
3: the movie. You
0: know, did, did you also like the uh smoke cloud galactus in the second one too?
3: <laughs> no. Sure. <laughs> I hated that.
1: I think I actually threw popcorn at the screen when I saw the outline of Galactus's head at the very end of the movie. I was like, What?
2: Expletive deleted, expletive deleted. <laughs> I really hope you actually said that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I will. Uh, During Captain America when they show the Ninja Turtles trailer, I'll stand up and look at everybody and just say,
2: Expletive Deleted. Yes.
1: (laughs) I'll do it. I'll record it so that way you guys can see. But anyways, moving on. Let's go to our next piece of news. Leo, why don't you take this one?
0: All right, so the next one is Wolverine is slated to die this year which I believe yes. he's done before. But this time will be different, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, right? Hasn't he died a lot?
0: I mean, at one point, wasn't he in hell? Like, literally in hell?
1: I think so. Or or maybe that was the time during the 90s when they took away his adamantium? I don't know.
0: <laughs> he doesn't have a healing factor right now.
1: Really? Yes. That's like half the appeal of Wolverine.
0: You uh, yeah, so he he lost his healing factor, apparently. I haven't been keeping up with the series, as I should have. Yeah, I but, haven't either. So he lost his healing factor, and then in his then in issue 8, which should be out, I think we figured out, what, late May?
1: Yeah, May or June. Yeah, so... Because they're on issue 3 now.
0: And it's double shipping we've established, yep. I think. Yeah, it's every two weeks. And so... And so in Issue 8, there's going to be a, an arc that extends through Issue 12, I believe.
1: Yep, and it's called Three Months to Die. To Die, that's right. And
0: Wolverine apparently dies.
1: Right, because the three for his three claws.
3: Oh, clever.
1: Uh, there you go. Marvel on top of it as always. So what do you think about it, Leo?
3: Uh,
0: man, he's not
1: going to be dead for long. No, because no one ever dies in comics except for Gwen Stacy and Uncle Ben.
0: I mean, even Superior Spider-Man is going to be a huge status quo. The first issue told you Peter was still there, you know? Right. (laughs) So, I don't know, I I give it to the end of the year
1: until he's back. That was was Marvel editorial that wanted to keep Parker in there because they didn't want to get rid of him completely. Yeah. Because Spider-Man's their flagship character.
0: So is Wolverine, you know? He's, he's one of the big characters in there. I mean, he's a big character in the books. He's a big character in not the Marvel movies, but the Fox
1: movies. In, in, yeah, in the X-Men cinematic universe. yes,
0: yeah. I mean, he, yeah. they can't kill him for long. No.
1: No. So, do you think it's kind of ridiculous then? A, a bit, yes. Yeah. Okay. Scott, what do you think? I'd say about time. About time. Why yeah. do you say about time?
2: <laughs> because they rely on his, uh, they rely on Wolverine so much. I mean, look at—he's in every movie. I mean, and <laughs> he is the worst. Gosh, it's, it's like you know, it, it it's like Batman. I'm sick of Batman too. Just they could kill Batman off, and I'd be happy. Oh my god!
0: You, see, you have to about,
2: this.
0: You have to wonder if they kill Wolverine. What does this mean for the 3017s that he's on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they fill the roster with X twenty-three.
0: Yeah, probably. There you go. <laughs> and who's going to take over? There? No, I guess he's kind of. I don't know. The Dean Graves will be okay.
1: Right, but his school will get folded in with the rest. Yeah, I don't know. So, so <laughs> Scott, you say about time? You say way to go, Marvel.
2: Yeah, and just you know, I mean, how how many characters does Marvel have? I mean. What more than four? So it's 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 just you know you you look at the roster and there's so many characters that they could actually do something with. I mean, how many? You know, you look at these. I mean, just the X Men alone, how many interesting characters are on the X Men? Well, that's
1: true. You've got a point there.
0: Yeah, but how many of them are played by Hugh Jackman? <laughs>
1: Zero. <laughs>
2: well, all four of them. So
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Here's my thoughts. I I personally think this is one of the stupidest ideas that Marvel has ever had. And I'll tell you why. Tell so, me why. So. it it's it's Wolverine. You can't kill Wolverine. The the whole appeal of him like like I said a few minutes ago is is that you can do whatever you want to him and and he survives because he has to. He's Wolverine. He's angry for a reason, and it's not just because Sabretooth may or may not have been related to him.
2: You know? <laughs> it's also dumb. Hulk. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? <laughs> the Hulk <laughs> is the same thing. I mean, he, he's angry for a reason. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, there they're you most go. Exactly the same stuff about the Hulk. Yeah, but but are they gonna kill
1: the Hulk off? No, they're gonna That's split him into two colors
0: and <laughs> kill him off.
1: Kill him off. at, at one point. point to sort it out.
0: <laughs> at one point, did, did y'all read uh, Jason Aaron's Incredible Hulk?
1: No. Where where Hulk and Banner
0: were two separate people.
1: Now, was that yeah. recent?
0: Uh, last C- year.
1: Because they've done that before.
0: Yeah, it was that. I don't even want to talk about that. It was like 13 issues, and it was just a mess. The last half.
3: We'll see. It was a mess.
1: Like like with the Hulk going on that line for a minute. You know, uh, there's only so much you can do with with a scientist trapped in a behemoth's body. You know and and i think they kind of beat that horse to death up to the mid 80s uh when when they had the green hulk kind of dissipate and turn into the gray hulk you know mm-hmm. like and and that was actually a cool turn that was, that was something that you never would have expected from marvel to do to one of their their popular characters you know, they they put him back into the color scheme that he was intended to be in the first place when, when they made the title. But because of printing, they couldn't do gray, so they had to go with green. But uh, they turned him into this Vegas bouncer or whatever, and that went for a little while. The Gray Hulk even fought Wolverine, you know, and, and that's an epic issue. Uh, McFarland drew that issue, and that issue's fantastic. Highly sought after, high dollar amount, all that stuff. And then you take Wolverine and... You know, he started in Hulk and then kinda of, and then went to the X Men and then went off on his own and then they terrorize him in the nineties by taking away half of what makes him who he is, the uh, the Adamantium stuff and breaking his claws and all that jazz. I hated that
3: in the nineties. <laughs>
1: I thought that was one of the dumbest things they could have done then too. What? They uh, h- how it was taken out was cool. That was super awesome. Like Magneto, <laughs> take it out of your pores, You're done. That was great. But uh, no, killing him off—that's publicity. That's all that is. There's no other reason to do that than to do it. And okay. like you said, and like you said, Leo—he's—he's he's not gonna stay dead forever. He's gonna stay dead until uh, X-Men: Age of Apocalypse comes out, and then he'll come back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a point. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so let's. Uh, enough of this.
1: Enough of this. My blood pressure's going up.
3: <laughs> oh. Nothing. <Enough. laughs>
1: so let's let's go with the reviews. Let's talk about that for a minute. The the poll list we got for you guys this week is uh Jason Pittman's leftovers number four, which we talked about uh, a, like a little bit death, last week. Yeah, yeah, last week. And then uh, so you Leo talked Yim about it, rather. Week. Yeah, but now you can talk
0: about it, and yeah. so can
1: you, Scott. And, and we also got uh, White Suits number 2, uh, a four-issue miniseries from Dark Horse that you chose, Leah. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and take it away with White Suits?
0: All right, White Suits, looking at uh writer, Frank Barbier, Barbier. I, I do not know how to pronounce his last name.
1: I wanted to say Barbary. I don't okay. know. <laughs> we will call
0: him. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so Frank, Frank and then uh, artist Toby Cypress. Yes. It's a... An amnesiac man, the the federal agent who's searching for her own past and searching for answers of her own, and this almost mythic urban legend group called the White Suits, who terrorized the Russian underworld during the Cold War, and now they've come over to America. They're taking out organized crimes. and it's a lot of action, a lot of violence, a lot of bloodshed. Yeah, oh yeah. The art though you and I talked about this a little bit, the muted color palette is, is black and white with splashes of red to accentuate some of the more violent scenes or even just add, you know, add a little to more. To accentuate
1: stuff. things that were kind of important, yeah.
0: It. And, I don't know, that, it's a bold choice because outside of The Walking Dead, there's not too many black and white comics out there now. Mm-hmm. And No,
1: and, and the only ones that I could think of that uh, used that type of color scheme was uh, Frank Miller's Sin City, also put out. By yeah, that's course. a good point. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that the whole time I read it. I mean, the artwork is is not Frank Miller. That's that's a hundred percent for sure. No. But, but
3: yeah, that, that
1: style, always... where you use contrast to to
0: to allude to or
1: to show things, really stuck out.
0: I don't even know who who's art I could compare Toby Cypress' to. It's it's very different than most anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: But, I don't know, some, some of the... He, he does action really well, I think, though. Agreed. He does
1: that well, you, man.
0: The, the, the shootouts and all that look good. And a lot of the smaller character moments, the expressions, he, he kind of plays those
3: up a bit as well.
0: But, very I mean, there's a deep mystery to it all, which I really enjoy because even even two issues in, you still don't have a you know, you kinda know where it's going, but there's still a lot of mystery to that. I'm oh, yeah. it.
1: Oh yeah. Now now it needs to be noted that uh White Suits was a series of short stories in Dark Horse yeah. Presents too. So the the mini series follows in with that, but you don't need it's to know as well. Absolutely. You don't need to know what happened
0: in the short stories previous to this. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing Dark Horse do this too, taking, you know, four or I think the D H P stories are eight pages and taking a couple of those and then letting the crackers do a whole mini series with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like uh when when X was rebooted. Yeah. Uh he his whole first arc was in the the redo of Dark Horse Presents. Uh-huh. And and I loved our course presents because it's in magazine style instead of uh, comic book style. Like it's it's really thick paper. It's it's got the glued back instead of the stapled backs and and all that stuff. And I really dig it. Kind of gives you back to that uh like the old uh science fiction magazines where they would have all the the in stories and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so with writing, what would you give it? 1 to 10?
0: Uh, a nine, let's say. A
1: nine, okay. And artwork?
0: Uh, I, I dig that art. I don't think you like it quite as much as I do, but I think it really works for the story. I give that a nine.
1: A nine. So a nine out of ten for you? Yes. Okay. Scott, what did you think of White Suits?
2: Um, I I definitely have to agree that the writing is pretty good. Um, the art style, yeah, the Sin City came to my mind first first time I saw it. Um, as far as the color goes, as far as the actual yeah. artwork goes, it kind of looks like, a, like maybe John Romita Jr. or Senior got drunk.
3: It. <laughs> um,
2: it's it's not that great. I mean, it's it's very sloppy, in my opinion. It's to be desired. <laughs> there's, there's something to be said for style, and then there's something to be said for sloppy artwork. And this this just it looks it looks like a rough draft to me. Really. Yeah, it okay. looks like he cleaned up a little bit. I mean, okay. I, you know, just personal opinion, I guess, but, you know, it's just, the character proportions are what bothers me. I mean, there's several times I'm looking at it, and there's, like, like especially, you, like, female figures. Yeah. They have, like, like, 10% torso. And then the overextended long legs
1: and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I get that.
2: Yeah, other, otherwise, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I I would read more but it's not something I'm going to be, uh, you know, I might pick it up if, if I see it on the newsstand, but it's not something I'm going to go and actively seek out. Right
1: on. So what would you give yeah, the writing
2: sense. for it? Uh, the writing I would probably give an eight. Okay. I mean, it, it, the the writing made me turn the pages.
1: Okay. So that's what kept you hooked. Yeah. Fair enough. And what about the artwork? Uh, six. Six. Okay. So it gets a seven out of you and nine from Leo. Okay. What
3: about you, so Jim?
1: Alright, here we go. So, with the first issue that I read, uh, I, I had to read issue number one. Can't jump into a mini-series halfway through. You have to read number one. So, with that, uh, the first issue uh, sold me. Uh, it, it was solid and engaging. Uh, it's a nice, noir-style, amnesia-filled crime drama. Uh, it's a, the, the first issue was a really great read. G- gave you a lot of depth on the characters uh it wasn't just a static feel you know it uh it had substance to it uh, the artwork wasn't as tight as i liked it at first but uh like like you said Scott you know it's it's personal preference um but uh with the second issue uh you know like like we went over i, I love how they used red overlapping with the black and the white that that really turned me on with the book that really made it visually appealing to read uh like like when they were in the that one drug kingpin's little layer and uh all the different uh chemistry things that were going on the, making the drugs and all that that was all highlighted like a bright burning red and uh things that were going on in the background were bright burning red and then when the white suits kick in it's like red all over except for the white suits and he's he's stark white in contrast to everything else that's going on and then all the action that takes place and it was really well used. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, <clears throat> the action is tight. The storytelling is solid. The artwork, the more you soak it in from issue one to issue two, it makes you feel like you're in a stylized animated film. And and that really is what uh, caught me more than anything else. Like the more I read, the more I could see it take place, like, the 70s intros for for movies and stuff like that, or even, like, I I know uh, you watch Archer, so, you know, like, like the beginning introduction for that a little bit, you know, but, like, stylized, I guess, I don't know, but uh, either way, I'm in, I love the story, the artwork grows on you, can't wait to see what happens next, writing gets an eight, artwork gets an eight.
3: All right. Yeah.
1: Another good choice, Leo. Another. Thank good you. Thank you. I'll try.
3: <laughs>
1: All right. Let's take it to Leftovers number four. All right. This this is your pick, so you talk about this. Okay. So Jason Pittman uh, – I talked about this at length last week, but I'll go over it again. Uh, Jason Pittman uh, has this comic book series. It's called Leftovers, and each – issue up to this point is self-containing uh issue one is its own story i loved issue one leo i don't think you enjoyed it near as much as i did no (laughs) and then issue two and issue three are like story compilations like short story collections and, and they have nothing to do with the other issues previous to it uh the only uh similarity between issue two and three is the fact that they're both story compilations and that's it. Um, Issue one was great. I loved it. High praise, 10 for 10 all the way around from me. The artwork, the writing, uh, everything. Um, Then we get to issue four. Issue four starts a new arc. Uh, I believe it's a three-issue story arc if I'm not mistaken. Um, This is how it starts. Uh, You have an alarm clock that kind of buzzes in the day. And then our guide, Caleb, the main character of the story, uh, wakes and as he does he narrates the world that he lives in. Uh we see him move through his daily routine, shower medication, going right into the daily grind, all that stuff, day in, day out. Uh we learn a lot about Caleb during the first few pages, like who what type of guy he is. He's just a regular guy going through the motions, you know, not really expecting much of anything to take place. But the thing about Caleb is is he has this anxiety disorder like being around large groups of people and stuff like that but that's kept in check with his medication which takes the form for for our benefit and maybe for caleb's too of a caped hero you know uh the hero watches over him it's near him it helps him keep him on the path and that that's uh the image of the medication but today the, the day in, in the issue that path changes when he meets a girl named Addie. So going forward from there, Jason's artwork is, is some of the best independent artwork I've ever seen, uh, and, and I would even dare to say borderline mainstream artwork, too. I, I love his art style. Uh, it uh, His lines are tight. It's really crisp uh he uses uh the black and white color scheme uh and even in this uh like with uh, the the cape hero that follows him around, he's in color uh yellow and blue, and then later on when when he stops taking his medication and that disorder that's in the back of his mind is able to push through it's like an alternate persona of that, and that takes on the color scheme of uh black and red, if I'm not mistaken but but yeah. that fits too uh his writing is is amazing. I'm engrossed as soon as I start to read, uh, and and I almost hate it. Like when the issue is over, I and it's a comfortable size. It's it's 23 pages uh, of story, so so it's just like a regular book, and and it fits. It, it's really good. It it keeps you hanging on. It you want to read more, you want to be invested in the story. You want to pay attention to the characters, and you want to know what happens. So uh, writing gets a gets a solid ten from me, and artwork gets a ten as well. Leo, what did you think?
0: Uh, this was the issue I liked the most out of the four. The he, I don't know, his, his artwork this this time seemed to be a little bit better than the previous ones. The you know pers- personal preference, as we've all said. Yeah, and I did yeah, enjoy that's, the fact that's the word that word of the day today. Yes, personal preference. <laughs> I did enjoy the fact that his, you know, superhero and his nemesis were the only color portions of the world. The things that really aren't real were the only ones that are in color, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And usually I'm not a fan of a whole lot of, because, I mean, this comic. there's a lot of narration, there's a lot of dialogue, it's very wordy.
1: It's a lot of inner monologue.
0: Yes. And I'm usually not a fan, but... A lot of it is used well to kind of reflect his anxiety, especially when he's on the train or in the crowd. Oh, yeah. And you can see all these thoughts just flooding in and just covering up everything. Yes. That parts help reflect that.
1: The guy with the Mercedes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it was a good story. It's, it's interesting. I believe it's the first of three parts, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm interested to see what he does with the rest of them. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't with, know, with, give it a with, nine with the riding. Okay. It's an eight for art.
1: Fair enough. An eight point five out of you. A ten from me. Scott, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh this one this this is the first one that I've read. I haven't read any of the other three. Okay. Um so I came into this one fresh. Uh it it the like you guys did, the black and white with the color heroes definitely is it's striking. Um I, the part it was okay for me until the, you know, the the villain came in, <laughs> uh, and then and then it kind of and then it kind of picked up. Okay. Um. I mean the, I, I liked the the way that the two heroes actually represent his anxiety disorder.
1: Um, right. The the, the, the one with the it, black and the red can't necessarily be constituted as a villain per se.
2: Well, yeah, but for the sake of this story, I mean, he's yeah, he he he's the bad guy. He's yeah. the one you don't want hanging around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these the, I like how they were personifications of his in, inner struggle. Um, the the fight on the subway train was kind of neat.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, you know,
2: like you got these guys, they're just trash and everything. And there's people like you know checking their phones.
3: <laughs> you know, just,
2: well, you know whatever, and it's it it really kind of gives you maybe a visual distinction of. How these inner people actually battle are. that he
1: has to go through
2: yeah what 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 they're living with uh, you know on a day-to-day basis yeah um i you know i you know i honestly i like this one better than than the white suits one um Fair enough yeah I, I the the artwork was a little sloppy here and there but it was definitely clean um all in all i'd say probably it, I will probably go up to the next issue, just to see where it goes.
1: Okay, okay, so so, so he's got you at least through the second part of this arc. Yeah, definitely. Nice. So what would you give the writing?
2: Uh, the writing, I'd probably give an 8.
1: Okay.
3: And, and the artwork?
0: The artwork, uh, i give a 9.
3: My okay. My so, we're
0: all, so we're all sort of in agreement this week. We're all in the same area.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. There. There's no... Positive and negative this week, I guess. Yeah, it's it's no liberator.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I actually read uh, the review for liberator on uh, Bleeding Cool.
3: Uh-huh. I read
1: their review about it. That I can't remember the guy's name that wrote the review, but he really liked it. Like he was all about uh, the artwork and stuff.
0: Uh, I really think you should read the original miniseries. I think it I would probably to. click with you better. I need to
1: because. Ugh, I don't even want to get into it again but
3: it, <laughs> it was such
0: propaganda.
3: <laughs> all right, all right. Calm down, Tim. Calm down. <laughs> all right. So, so
1: Leo, what else are you reading this week?
0: Oh man. Uh Five Ghosts number 10 comes out, which I am Oh, god, I love Five Ghosts. Uh, who publishes that? Image. It's it's Frank okay. The writer of white suits,
1: I'm a fan of his, obviously. Oh, right on. So he's working for Dark Horse and Image.
0: And he has a book with Dynamite, I'll He's doing he's doing uh Solar, Man of Adam. The Atom. What? They're they're reviving the gold key characters.
1: Uh Solar, Magnus, and Turok. Turok just came out not too long ago, a month yeah. or two ago.
0: And Frank is writing Solar. So cool. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out. What else are you reading? Uh, Undertow 2 is coming out this week, which I know. I've talked to you about that. I love Undertow. Yeah, hopefully Image will quote you again. Yeah, man. (laughs) Hopefully so. Uh, There's a couple Monkey Brain books coming out this week, like Art Monster Number 2 from Jeremy Holt.
1: When can we expect Dave Number 4?
0: I don't know. I have a few (sighs) copies, but I don't know. (sighs) Ah. He sent me a copy, but I don't know when it's posting.
1: You have a review copy of Dave Number Four? Yeah, I've had it for a
0: couple of weeks actually. Don't okay. tell anybody.
1: We're we're talking after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> what else? Is there anything else on your poll list?
0: Oh man, I'm sure there is. There's never nothing. Okay. Time to talk about everything.
1: Scott, what about you? Are you reading anything new
2: or? Uh, honestly, you know, just not a whole lot of time. I'm actually, I'm going to be going down. Uh, to one of the bigger cities around where I live here soon to, uh, to a comic store to, because I, you know, I've been looking to get back into it, and I just
0: finally am going to be having some time soon. So. Are you
1: going to take your son and your wife with you?
0: Oh, of course. Absolutely. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to get my nephew to read comics. He's four, so it's kind of a struggle. Give him time. Start with yeah. Sonic. and uh... I, I have the uh, first super dinosaur trade from Image. Nice. I think that'll be a good one because there's a dinosaur with a jet pack and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> nice. I think that'll as, be a good one. As, as far as
1: me, uh, I read Punisher number three. Loved it. Loved the whole arc they're doing with Electro. Um, I'm I'm really into the, into that right now. I really like what they're doing with Punisher. Very satisfied with that. Uh, I read Magneto number one. Um... <sighs> And and I've said this a hundred times before, and we even talked about this before the show, but uh, it, it seems like everybody is going toward that abstract art style. Whatever happened to the guys like McFarlane or Jim Lee or Silvestri? Oh, so they're fun. doing their own stuff. Um, but uh, Marvel, like, it, it seems like they're saving the better artists uh, for the bigger books. And given the squiggly line guys, the the lower stuff, you know, like Punisher, the ones they don't expect to last very long. But but the artwork for Punisher is is working for the book.
0: So oh yeah, that
1: it, yeah yeah. But with Magneto, uh,
0: I've still have read Magneto, so I don't. I, I've heard don't really wait. good things about it actually.
1: No, it's it's not
0: worth it. It's
1: he's a, uh, jeez, what is he? He's he's on the run. Kind of. And, uh, like, he shaved all his hair off. So he thinks he's not recognizable anymore.
0: He hasn't had hair for a while, I
1: thought. Oh, well, then I guess. See, this is the first I've had of any oh, okay. in a while. So okay. he has no hair. So, And he goes into this place and goes after this guy that uh, did something against mutants. And, and the way he killed him was really cool. Like, he threw him out of the building and then shoved, like, iron rods in his face and implanted him onto the side of the road. Uh, so so that was neat. Um, but uh, the, the artwork didn't appeal to me. The, the slow pace of the story didn't appeal to me. Um, I, I think I'd give that a straight five out of anything, but I'll stick through the storyline maybe. Um, I'm not super vested in it, but, you know. Okay. Um,
2: Fantastic Four. The
1: the relaunch of Fantastic Four I'm actually really into. The artwork for that's more the style that I'm used to. I can't remember the artist's name right offhand, but I've read the first two issues so far, and I have to say that that is really worth the time to pick it up. Uh, just like all Marvel reboots, uh if you don't know what the heck's going on before you'll be a little lost because they don't exactly start over. Um, like the Fantastic Fours in red and black suits. How did that happen? I, I have no idea. I always thought they were in blue and black, or mostly blue with a little bit of black, you know? But um, I, I don't know. I I'm nitpicking on that. But uh, but it's a, it's a solid read. It's 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 worth The pickup, it's worth the $2.99 cover price. Definitely worth it, at least through this arc. Because, like, how it starts, uh, Sue Storm is talking after the fact, uh, writing a letter to her kids about uh, events that took place in this six-issue story arc is the events that took place up to the beginning of the first issue. In the beginning, Ben Grimm's in prison for murder, and, uh, right. Johnny Storm, yeah, Johnny Storm is a drunk and, uh, Reed Richards has gone into seclusion and, uh, he's like half the man he used to be and, and Sue Storm is, is upset and depressed over it all. So she's writing a letter to, to, I think that her, one of her, her daughter that, uh, went to Latveria or something like that because she's a teenager. Um, but, uh. But, yeah, that that set the whole foundation for this new arc, and and I was like, wow, that's really neat. So I'll check that out. And I read the first two pages of Secret Avengers and put it down.
0: (laughs) That's uh, Alice Kott and Michael Walsh, right?
1: Secret Avengers? I think so. Yeah. Did not like that. As soon as Coulson said, hmm, I like space, too, I was like, okay, I'm done, and I shut it.
3: I I'm
0: I'm I'm a big fan of Alice Todd's stuff, but I haven't read Secret Venger yet.
1: You're not missing anything.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that, let's take it into our weekly distraction. Weekly distraction this week we're going back into comic books for you guys. Top five story arcs or issues uh, in comics that directly affected you. Now that can that can mean anything like like how angry you were when you read it, how happy or excited you were, how much you cried or how much uh you wanted to rip it into pieces. Either way, <laughs> uh, it had to directly affect you in some way, shape or form. So let's start in no random order. Leo, go ahead and take your first one.
0: Okay. Uh you want me to start with number five or number one?
1: Uh, if you have it in a particular order, go ahead with the order. Okay.
0: I, actually, now that, that we're talking about ones that made me mad, I think I'm going to change my number five. Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> mine are in no particular order. Like okay. As I thought about them, mine yeah, went yeah. down. So.
0: All right. So, so ones that made me mad. When I was at uh Northern Wizard Road, New Orleans last month,
3: uh-huh.
0: I – uh. I was at this guy's booth and I was talking to him and and he's and like, he, sold, he sold me on this comic. <laughs> it, he told me this grand plot and I was like, yeah, yeah, like I want this. So I gave him five Get bucks up for a comic. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was so giving him five bucks for a comic. Went back, started reading it, eight pages for five dollars. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember what it's called right now. Where is it? I've got it somewhere. <laughs> Here it is. It's called uh, Past Ten. So I'm not going to say any names, but that's the name of the book. Past, Past Ten. You lost five dollars. Yeah, eight pages. <laughs> so that's my number five, which made me really super mad. And the art was <laughs> as good as that guy's banner was. And the writing was crap.
1: Ahead with your first choice, if it's no ra- well, you're, no random order, or oh.
2: here. okay. The the one that probably disturbed me was uh, when I first started collecting comics, and I was a wee lad, as we'll go. Um, okay. I started off with Iron Man. Okay. And when I started off, I started off with you know the Fantastic Cheerful issue when he started his demon in the bottle. uh oh. What a way to get into comics, right? <laughs>
1: Yay, Iron Man. Whoa, wait a minute
3: here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is slightly disturbing. Uh, but for some reason, I kept going. And uh, I wouldn't say it made me mad. I wouldn't say it made me happy. But uh, it was definitely interesting. And it really showed me that comics can be more than just, you know, punch a guy in the face. Oh, knock it, that next week, you're alive again. Cough, Wolverine.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. So so mine are in no random order, but uh but I'll take it down to to number five first because the way that I look at it it, it kind of I get angrier and angrier as it goes.
0: <laughs> oh god, is are all angry
1: comics? Well, well not all of them, but but like Okay, did, okay. Number 5. Marvel Zombies. This out of everything that I've ever read, okay, uh from from good comics to bad comics, gory comics to silly comics, this was the first title that made me want to throw up. <laughs> okay. Kirkman's writing is unreal. And and to take all my favorite characters and watch Giant Man saw pieces of the Black Panther off so he, can say, er, er, so he can quench his hunger and then keep him alive while the wasp is flying around chewing on people. You got Colonel America's brains half hanging out. Wolverine's ha- half of his body is gone. Uh, when Like uh, the, the Dark Days one, the prelude to the whole Marvel Zombies. I thought it would be a bright idea because it was, like, October toward Halloween and stuff like that. I thought it would be a bright idea to sit down and read a comic book to my kids.
3: Oh, gee. Oh,
1: I couldn't have picked a worse one. They're all into it. They're like, yeah, ew, that's gross. Go to the next page. And I'm like, okay. Holding my mouth with my two fingers as my cheeks balloon. Oh, it was horrible, but I kept reading, and I loved it. And now I've got, like, all of the first run, uh, all of Zombies 2, part of Zombies 3, 4, and 5, and the ridiculous ones that go beyond that. But this was this is the only series that almost made me puke. Okay. <laughs> so, Leo, go with your next one.
0: Uh, let's see. The next one is Essex County by Jeff Lemire, which, oh, is, which uh... is a graphic novel or whatever, so it's not really... Most of mine are actually, like, graphic novels rather than issues, but whatever. Fair enough. And, uh, I don't know, it's it's just a great, I don't know, it makes you feel, it's kind of depressing, like, all his things, they're, they're all just a little bit depressing, all of his books are. But it's, I don't know, it's a nice little slice of life, you know, small town kind of book, which you don't see a lot of. It's personal.
1: So how did it affect you?
0: Uh... I mean, I'm from middle of nowhere, Alabama. (laughs) And while this is middle of nowhere, Canada, I mean, a lot of it still applies, you know? Right on. Being that awkward... Directly relatable. Being that awkward kid who uh, liked superheroes.
2: Right on. Okay.
1: Uh, Scott, you're number
2: four. Um, Okay, this... If if we're going to go with comics that were disgusting, um, (laughs) I do not remember... What comic this actually occurred in, but it was an event that that made me kind of question if I should keep reading the Ultimates. Um, when the Blob cannibalizes Loft. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, um, the hell out of it. <laughs> wasn't that Ultimatum? I don't remember honestly. I want to say it's Ultimatum. I remember the event, and that's and I I stopped reading that comic and put it down. <laughs> and, and it's like I'm done for now. I'm gonna go watch My Little Pony. <laughs>
1: wow. Okay. All right. Uh my next uh this one this one was more relatable to me than than the rest. Uh but it was a uh, the epilogue issue for for Batman. Uh the New 52 uh Requiem when when Damian Wayne was killed. Yeah, like like a uh, I wrote a review on it, on Stash My Comics, and and you can get my full train of thought there. Um, I'll I'll even put a link up for it so you guys can take a look at it. But, uh, like, what Batman was going through throughout the entire issue, and and it's done uh, through the eyes of, uh, jeez, I can't even remember her name,
3: Uh, Uh, but the girl
1: that was... Harper Rowe,
3: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's rumored to become the next Robin, or is the next Robin. Now I have no idea. I don't know. But uh, anyways, it, it, it's all seen through her eyes. And, and she gets to watch like the self-destruction of Batman and stuff like that. And, and all the anger and the hatred and the pain that he goes through at his loss. And then it kind of has a brighter side toward the end when Batman, or Bruce Wayne for that matter, comes to realize you know, how he's been acting and stuff like that. And and he actually apologizes to the girl for, for treating her the way that he did. But uh, the reason that that issue resonates with me so much is because everything that Batman was going through was very fresh for me uh, when, when my brother passed away. You know, so, so reading that really tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. And and I think after the issue was done I even had to wipe my eyes. Um but uh yeah I, I think that's that's probably the most personal out of any, anything I've read. Okay. Okay. So Leo let's take it back with you. You're uh,
0: not I've got Magneto Testament. Because Testament. not only Really.
1: Nope.
0: Uh it's what well, I think two thousand eight Greg Pack I can't remember who the artist is Okay. But it basically gives uh, Magneto his his backstory as a oh. Jewish kid in a concentration camp in World War II and everything. Okay. And uh, like my family, my dad's side of the family is from Poland, so there's okay. many stories of you know my great aunt and stuff like that.
1: So it's kind of a personal thing.
0: Yeah, I mean it not only you know it gives Magneto a lot of good character building kind of thing. But it's also just a I don't know it's it's because it I've heard stories I've heard stories about about how she had the you know numbers tattoos on her arms and all that and it's just interesting to see that sort of thing in a comic. Wow.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Scott, what about you?
2: Uh, I got I guess my next one is gonna have to be uh, Killing Joke.
3: Ooh, mm-hmm. good choice.
2: And just. I mean I, I realize it's probably, you know, everyone's like, Oh, someone's gonna take that but I just <laughs> I thought it was interesting on a personal level just because it's like they you know, you, you know, you look at comics like, Oh, everybody's dead and then they actually killed someone and then he died, but I mean, he didn't forever. I mean, yeah. you know, it he came back as red hood, spoilers. Um <laughs> But you know, it I, I just I just thought it was interesting that, you know, I mean, it was, it was a really – they actually gave it to the fans and said, hey, do you want this character dead? And it was, wasn't was that pretty close? Oh, you're
1: talking about Death in the Family.
2: Oh, Death in the Family. My yeah, mistake. not the Killing
1: Joke. Killing oh. Joke was Alan Moore's stuff. I know what you're talking wow. about. You're talking about Death in the Family when yeah. they put uh, the, the 900 number out for yeah. uh, fans Jason, to call to choose yeah, David, whether uh, they uh, wanted yeah. Jason Todd to live or die.
2: I'm gonna turn in my card now for, for my nerdism. <laughs> you, you should you
3: should.
1: <laughs>
2: Everybody's allowed
1: yeah. a, a, a once over, you know. Yeah. You you scrubbed your nose on this one, but you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, how how did that personally affect you?
2: I it, it just it showed me that it I, at the time it made it look like they were actually willing to give us stories where you know, we could actually see a character die and that they were willing to be like, you know, hey, nobody's off limits. We're going to, if it's a major character, they still could die. And, and then. And they stayed
1: dead for a long time. Yeah.
2: For
0: many yeah. years or something. It's
2: been a while. It was a while. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, after, after reading comics for about another five years, I realized that that doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <You know>? now. <laughs> Nobody dies. Nobody. I mean, you know, like we were talking about earlier, Wolverine's not going to die. He's yeah. He's going to be like, you know, frozen or carbonite or whatever.
1: <laughs> Johnny Storm right, yeah. was supposed to be dead. He came back less than a year later. Yeah, he was uh, uh,
0: chilling out in the Nihilus an and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Peter Parker's supposed to be dead. He's coming back, uh, in case anybody didn't know. Jeez, um, they they've brought Gwen Stacy back in storylines, and... Uh, Uncle Ben, they brought him back in storylines. Alternate universe Uncle Ben's and and stuff like that. So nobody stays dead. That's why people yeah. aren't vested in it. And, and the price will skyrocket on the death issues, and then they'll go down. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, my next one, uh, Civil War from Marvel. Okay. And that is the one that got me back into comic books. Like after I I quit reading for a long time because of my number one choice but we'll get into that in a minute but um, Civil War I came in uh, at issue number three and I remember walking into the comic store I had $20 in my hand and uh, the guy came up to me He's like can I help you and I said yeah I'm I'm trying to get back into comics what's going on right now what's the big thing to check out he's like oh you need to read Civil War I was like, What's all that? And he, he explained it to me and all that stuff. The heroes are fighting each other. Well why? Well here, buy it and read it.
0: <laughs> and you were like, Yeah
1: I, I bought issue three and I bought uh third printings of issue two and issue one and uh I could not believe what I was reading. The the woman that spit in Tony Stark's face, the the new Warriors, the team that I was very familiar with, uh starting the whole thing uh by by having nitro explode himself in front of the school and and obliterating everybody um and peter parker unmasking himself i almost threw the comic book out for that
3: <laughs>
1: like i was like are you kidding me the the one person that has the most to lose for unmasking is unmasking that's ridiculous
3: but uh but i stuck with it
1: and and it was one of the best mini series that i had ever read uh, and and that got me back into comics for a long time, well, a couple of years, anyways, until my number two took place. But oh we'll lord, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Leo, go for
0: it. All right, my number two is Shazam, Power of Hope. Right on. So I, I know, I know you know this, but Shazam, Captain Marvel, whatever you want to call him, he's he's the first character I ever read a comic about. Right. And so, and I think that graphic novel, that you know, that little story just sort of embodies the best parts of the character. Nice. Because there's you know, because he's just as much the super powerful god as he is a little boy. And I think okay. that that really shows in that comic. And so it made you know, made me put me back to being six again. You know what I mean? Nice.
2: <laughs> okay. So Scott, you're number two. Um uh, I'd have to go with the uh, Age of Apocalypse. Um, okay. I, I I realize some people may not have thought that was the best, but I just I just I like the fact that Marvel was looking to do alternate things with characters. Yeah. And uh, they finally made Cyclops the jerk he was supposed to be. <laughs> right. And he actually <laughs> um, had one eye. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's. <laughs> um. But I mean, I I I just thought it was interesting that they took and just made it like hey, here's what would happen if Professor X had not, you know, done everything that he was meant to do.
3: Right, uh, the
1: the whole Legion story or Legion quest or whatever took place right before that, and that was the catalyst that brought in Age of Apocalypse.
2: Yeah, and to to me it was just, you know, I I think that came out in, like, what, early 90s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, you know, a, a teenager at that point. I was just like... Oh, this is so dark and disturbing. I love it. And then you know, jeez,
1: we were knee deep <laughs> in comics then.
2: Oh, you, yeah. But <laughs> I just I, and I, I mean, I like I like the art style, and I mean, even though it was dark and depressing, it was still like very it was very red. Like all yeah. of the issues, they, I think they used up their entire uh, <laughs> stock of red. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, I just it was it was interesting and. I like how it carried over into when they just when they brought everything back to normal.
1: Yeah, uh X-Man uh yeah. had had made his way back. Uh I think Bishop was forever affected because of that mm-hmm. Um and, and and other things. Blink uh she's in exiles or was. Uh if they're even still doing that, I don't even think they are. Um, oh, yeah. but uh they were traveling uh with with other members from uh the Age of Apocalypse storyline and uh, Marvel even did a a one-shot and then a, a short mini series for Age of Apocalypse because it's so popular.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So with that, my number 2 is what got me out of comics after I got in with Civil War. And my number 2 is the One More Day storyline for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh. How I hated that. Straczynski didn't even want his name on it because it was such a horrid idea to to take the past 20 years of comics and say they never happened. Ugh, the the <laughs> little bit of hair that I have in my head is gone because of that. The, the, ugh. Marvel has done some blunders, uh, and, and this is one of the biggest ones. And they even tried to fix it with one moment in time or omit, you know, and, and even then they didn't fix their problems. It's, it's bad from the start to the finish. Uh, they ended, uh, all the titles that were going except for amazing Spider-Man, uh, Jeez, what was it friendly neighborhood spider-man they killed that Peter David was was writing awesome stuff there uh, and then uh, sensational spider-man they killed that too uh, and uh, then it was just amazing I think after that uh, and then they had Dan Slott kind of take over as a the spider-man guru or whatever and then it just kinda of went south from there. I, I collected uh probably for the first month of one more day just to see what I could or could not take from it and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever read and I <laughs> Like I was like I was like, Marvel I'm out, I'm done, expletive deleted, you I'm gone. And and I couldn't I couldn't handle that. So
0: with that, Leo <laughs> all right, my last one is A Matter of Life from Jeffrey Brown and Top Shelf. Okay. It's uh, it's his own – I mean, Jeffrey Brown does all these sort of autobi- autobiographic comics. Autobot? Yes. No, I'm saying autobiographical comics, but he does do <laughs> the robot okay. okay. comics. No. <laughs> but anyway uh, – <laughs>
1: Gobots are poor man's Transformers. Just saying.
0: That's that's a topic for another show.
3: (laughs) But anyway, so he
0: does all these, you know, autobiographical comics, and Matter Life is about his own journey and struggle with religion and how it, you know, ties into his current life with his son, and it details his, you know, he was raised as a preacher's son and then then eventually became an atheist, and as someone who was raised in the South, I've been around religion forever.
1: Well, you're 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 just like I am. You're in the middle of the Bible Belt. Yeah, Where I'm the buckle. You're the strap.
0: Yeah, and so, I'm uh, and I'm an atheist, so it was it's not always. I don't know. It's all interesting anyway. Right on. So, and so, so that was that's something that isn't seen much in comics at all, much less that kind of journey.
1: Well, what was it? Do you do you remember which DC character they proclaimed as an atheist? Was it Mister Terrific?
0: Yeah, I believe it is.
1: Yeah, that that was kind of a big deal, but but I mean they they had a point, you know, like with, jeez, oh, I I can't even remember how he approached that.
0: I think Mister Terrific is also supposed to be like DC's world's smartest man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but like know. the
1: the way they approach or no, it was Tony Stark was a self-proclaimed atheist too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, even though his best buddy is a Norse
0: god. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, it's it's just interesting to me, uh, not necessarily who they choose, but how they approach that. Yeah. And that goes back to, to what you're saying with your number one. That that kind of has a direct effect on you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't see it much in comics, and that sort of personal journey was one that was, you know, it's interesting to read about it. Right, right on. Okay, great. Uh,
2: Scott, what's yours? I'm getting a half third to go back to my Iron Man. Uh, references here, and uh, go back to when uh, Tony Stark actually died. Um, oh, jeez. Um, and and the, uh, James Rhodes took over as War Machine. Yes, yes.
1: I was buying those issues off the stands when that took place.
2: Yeah, and I mean that uh, that for me that was just you know, I I've been collecting Iron Man since I started, and what? that was like he was my go-to hero. You know, Spider-Man was yours. Yeah. Iron Man was mine. Yeah. And. uh and he died, and it's like, they actually killed him. Again, you know, again, I hadn't fully comprehended that, you know, oh, he's going to come back with a fake nervous system and five, six issues, whatever. <laughs> no, Rhodey
1: held on to War Machine for a little while.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, at at that time, I'm just like, wow, this is, you know, he's, I, you know, I realized at that time, Iron Man wasn't a giant Marvel property. I mean, he really didn't take off till the movies. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He, he was considered a B at best, C-list
1: yeah. at worst.
2: Yeah, but for me, I was just like, wow, this, you know, the guy the guy who, who tried to think of everything, he's actually dead.
1: Yeah, he couldn't think his way out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> See, I never saw Iron Man as that. I never saw him as a, B, as a B-lister or a C-lister. I always thought he was in the leagues with Captain America and, and Hulk and Spider-Man and Wolverine and stuff like that as far as, like, significance and notoriety.
2: Oh, yeah. I agree completely.
1: Yeah, but... Oh, well. Well, <laughs> to, to close this out, uh, my number one is what got me out of comics the very first time and kept me out for, jeez, uh, almost 10 years. Um, it was the 90s clone saga <laughs> <versus> Spider-Man. <laughs> I remember being so into Spider Man uh at that time. I mean I was I was young, still in still in high school and stuff like that and uh reading this and I was collecting Webb and Spider Man and Amazing and uh Spectacular the, the four titles. Oh, you had to have all four of them. Uh because Amazing was what he did on the on the Friday through Sunday and Webb was what he did on Monday and Tuesday and Spectacular took care of the rest of the week. Um but uh, then they pull this Ben Riley crap, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like what the the spider man that I have known to that I have known and loved for years is not who he claims to be he's he's a clone what where did this come from now they're bringing this guy in who's taken over Peter Parker's spot what well, no, no, this can't happen, absolutely not and no, I, I was done with that. When when they cut all the titles and uh, gave Ben Riley with his cut off uh, hoodie.
0: Man, and you was... don't like sleeveless hoodies? What's up?
1: Oh <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: no.
1: <laughs> that d- that did it for me. I I I remember not buying comics anymore after that, and it, I didn't read them again until I walked back into that comic store and picked up issue number three of Civil War.
0: You you, you realize the, like, general description that you gave it is exactly what Superior Spider-Man was. (laughs) I hate Superior (laughs) Spider-Man. I know, I'm just saying, I I love that you're like, someone else is Peter Parker? No, Superior Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, right. Superior Spider-Man sucks. Dan Slott's not a nice person for ruining my favorite character, yet again. Um, But uh, he's, he's a good guy, whatever, you know, I don't like him. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Don't be people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So so yeah, uh, the nineties clone saga. Bagley's artwork was the only thing that saved that, and and even that couldn't do it. And and I think even Marvel agreed that uh, that was one of the worst ideas they ever had. God. Okay. All right. My blood pressure's up again, so we need to be done.
0: I love how you're
1: <laughs> so hate filled. Well, as I'm sitting there through the week thinking about, well, what affected me? What affected me? The Clone Saga. God, I hated that. Write it down. (laughs) What else affected me? Man, I hated one more day. Write it down. What else affected me? Oh, I got into Civil War. Okay, that brought me back. Yay, that's a happy spot. And, yeah, so.
3: (sighs) Anyways.
1: We've reached our time limit, folks. Scott, I want to thank you very much for joining us on today's podcast. It was a pleasure to have you here and talk comic books and talk issues that affected us, talk the news, talk everything. Thank you very much for being a part of this today, Scott. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. We will have Scott back again for more mindless conversation about comic books. Hopefully some video games, which, Scott, that's more your line of expertise than mine. Um, and uh, maybe some other stuff, too. You let us know what you want, we'll give it to you. But don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Uh Also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash comics, And also hit us up on the website, stashmycomics.com. We got our blog that's updated nearly daily uh the the things that are going on there right now we have the reviews for Strange Nation number 5 an interview with Jordan Kroger uh with his kickstarter uh Wolf and Man then we've got interviews with Edwin Vasquez uh where he talks the do it yourself crowdfunding uh last week's episode for the podcast is still up there you can check out that if you're if you're behind a little bit uh, also, we got a crowdfunding flash on there that really deserves your money, projects that deserve your dollar, and a review for Red Rover Charlie number one through number three. Lots of great stuff for you guys to check out, lots of things to read. Don't forget to hit us up on the forums in Stash my Comics. Uh, if you haven't registered yet, go ahead and do it. It's free, and it's well worth your time. Leo, Scott, you guys got anything else?
3: That's
1: a- it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week.